0: Hello, I'm Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs, Stefan Edy, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Math Department Head, Al Shorey, in a continuation of our series highlighting our six department heads. Thank you all for joining us. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast,
1: a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more.
0: Hey Al, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, good to be here.
0: Uh, I I know you well, but maybe not all of our listeners do. So let's start by, take a second to introduce yourself to everyone. Just a little bit of your background. Uh, You haven't always been an educator, for example, I know.
1: No, for me, education is a second career. Um, I retired from the Army, and um, at the time we were looking for, you know, I was looking for what to do next, and just decided that I would missed so much of my Kids growing up that uh, I'd take a job that was a little bit more stable so ended up getting into teaching at that time and um, the search brought us here to Darlington
0: did uh, was was teaching something you were looking for uh, out of place or did was Darlington a place that you were just looking for and decided to be a teacher
1: Uh, uh, teaching was believe it or not like teaching is a natural Transition from what we did in the military in the military. You're always training for something, you know, whatever your wartime task is So as a leader, you're training your soldiers to be ready to do what they do in war and We're just training math now instead of blowing things up. We, but re, we brought war to the classroom. <laughs> 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 well, you and know, I've had a
0: lot of conversations about that in terms of you know leadership um, and those kind of things And uh, there, you, you do have a lot to draw on there for
1: sure uh, during my first year though here um, I was cleaning up after class one time, and there was a paper on the floor, and I picked it up, and it said, one day he's going to kill all of us. <laughs> I don't know for sure if it was about me, but I probably was a was little it, more intense then than Simon? I am. Did you, you fingerprint this? <laughs> did you keep it? I didn't keep, I, I didn't keep it, no. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, tell us more about that first year. I mean, I must have been quite a transition, although it was something you wanted to do. Um, but uh, what was that like, I mean, both as a teacher and, and also uh, working for Darlington. Um, well,
1: it was the fact that, the, you know, the teaching aspect, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult, but like the prep for class and all the stuff that goes with it was definitely a challenge. You know, things like gr- grading and, um, you know, all those expectations, it takes a little bit of practice. So I worked some pretty long hours that first year Um, and I you know I had come from a job where I was in command of several hundred soldiers and so and I was very well respected and it took a little bit of getting used to the way that the kids don't mean to be disrespectful but coming from the military where I was in charge and sometimes I even had drivers you know that would drive me around to having a, a kid you know, stand up and put his backpack on while I'm still talking like he's going off to lunch. Um, took a little getting used to. I
0: mean, I guess in the military, you walk in and there's a certain number of bars on your chest or something. That yeah, you, you walk know, in and they stand know, up. Yeah, they know. Yeah. It's it's, it's determined what right. the respect level is going to right. be. you know? And it is true with, with uh, I guess, anyone in this environment. You can do have to sort of earn that. Um, but that's part of it. I mean, I imagine the relationships were different, too. Yeah,
1: I mean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's the same sort of thing. Like, you earn a certain degree of respect just by your rank, but you really have to earn their true respect by your actions and how you treat them, and and that sort of thing. And teaching is very similar in that respect. Uh,
0: so you're in you're in the math department. Uh, was that your background in the military? What were you doing in the in the military, and and, and how did that lead to math and per se? Is that uh, math.
1: So in the military, I was a combat engineer, okay. um, which is a as a wide variety of missions everything from blowing things up to building things um, to the big toys you're playing with. <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, and then you know in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan our mission sort of changed to be in clearing routes of improvised explosive devices and so that's why I spent a good bit of the time in uh, our deployments uh, organizing uh, but I, my undergraduate degree was in electrical engineering and then I studied, uh, got a graduate degree in civil engineering, so probably I was better prepared to teach physics or something. Gotcha. But at the, when I was interviewing, uh, Matt Pierre and I connected really well at a conference in Atlanta, and, and then when I got on the phone with Chad Woods, you know, I really li- I could tell that I liked him from a distance, and it was more about, I mean, math is what y'all needed, and I liked the people, so it was more the to draw the people and what I taught. I, wasn't so important. I mean, I enjoy math, but it's not like something I've had a lifelong passion for. I just like working with people and things.
0: Well, as an electrical engineer, you had all the math you needed uh, exactly. to teach high school. <laughs> I did, yeah. And
1: that was, yeah, I had a ton of math in my background for sure.
0: Well, engineering is a field now that I, a lot of our students strive or, or, or desire to go into. I mean, and, um, and, and it's a huge broad range, but, you know, electrical engineering, computer engineering, whatever, um, but that's that practical sort of application, right, of math. Yeah. And I think that fits pretty well with what we're trying to do here in terms of educating students, which is, you know, what, what's the application, what's the experience. Right, yeah.
1: And electrical engineering is one, uh, one of the places where they actually use imaginary numbers. You know, when students learn about imaginary numbers, they're like, when am I ever gonna use this? I was like, well, I did, when I was studying electrical engineering. Like, we used. Imaginary numbers all the time. Yeah, they're not just
0: numbers you can make up and always <laughs> work. Right. It's not, the, not, not that kind of imaginary that's number. That, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a good transition to think about um, the, the department. I want to get into a little bit about, you know, what makes math, math at Darlington. But uh, but let's just take a moment to think about your own evolution. So, you know, you started off as a teacher. Uh, maybe you were just baked in, coming to the military, you know, lead and grow, and you did, uh, and you have found yourself now uh, for a while as a department head um, so you know tell us how that transition went for you You know, how did you find yourself in that role
1: well I've you know I've, I guess I had taught for five or six years when Chad Woods became the upper school director and at that time uh, there was a couple of us in the department that were being considered for the position and I didn't really want want it. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed just I just wanted to teach and coach and was enjoying it. And uh, Kiki Rousey was a was a colleague of mine, and I thought a lot of her and thought that she'd do a, a great job. It was probably better posture to do it. You know, she had a better probably education background at that point, more experience, and so I spoke with her, and together we agreed that I wouldn't pursue it if she pursued it (laughs) and then if she wasn't going to pursue it and it was a fact that they were going to bring someone from the outside in, you know, I would have considered it, I guess. But Kiki stepped in and did an awesome job and continued to lead the department well.
0: And then if she... uh Took other paths with the family and such. That opportunity came Came back back. up. (laughs) It came back up
1: again and again. At the time, and we held that back up to
0: you. Well, you said,
1: (laughs) and here we are. (laughs) And it's been—it's definitely been a enjoyable, you know, journey working with colleagues to to craft the department the way we want it to be.
0: Well, it's been great fun from my own perspective, working with, with all of you, and you in particular. Um, appreciate all your work with that. And, and I think just for the people who are listening to think about, you know, what a department heads role, um, maybe to keep it real simple, um, one is to, you know, make sure that we're supporting the members of the department, and the other is to really think about the direction of the department itself, you know, curriculum and instruction, those kind of things. So let's take those one at a time. Uh, let's talk about the department. Uh, so as, as math department head, uh, you're sort of directly responsible for grades 6 through 12 teachers. Uh, your influence goes <laughs> beyond that as a member of the academic leadership team. Uh, but but tell us just a little bit about your department. Who, who are who are your teachers and where are they teaching? What kind of courses are you offering?
1: So we, I mean, we obviously have a wide variety of teachers from yourself. Uh, <laughs> kind of dual hats.
0: Yeah, you got you me uh, dumped in your bucket there, sorry.
1: <laughs> and then I have Chad Woods uh, in the department. He and I co-teach uh Calculus BC together, which is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have someone like you know Kevin Ivester, who's teaching sixth grade. That's been here, shoot, going on thirty years. Thirty years, yeah. Uh, And he's a graduate, so he's a he's definitely got some experience seeing things come and go here. And then uh, I guess the other the next one would be Christy Atkins with thirty years of teaching, in some capacity, probably about thirteen or fourteen here Mm -hmm. at Darlington. So she's our geometry expert um, we have Kurt Lutweiler who's the statistics department we call him he, <laughs> the one-man department the one-man department he uh he covers all our statistics classes mm-hmm. and whenever we have a statistics question he's he's the one we go to yeah yeah his yeah.
0: students are always the ones sending surveys out collecting data
1: right <laughs> um Chris Eberhardt Everhart was here a, I guess for a year before I but he's been doing all the seventh grade, does a great job and coach, does a lot of coaching as well. Um, then I guess the next one would be Matt Enderly. He's kind of the versatile one. He's, he's got three different classes he teaches. Uh, geometry, he's teaching a regular calculus class this year and he's the one that's sort of uh, brought our financial pre class online, which I think has been a nice addition.
0: Given another example that applied, mathematical right, approach.
1: Yeah. And then we have a couple that are in their second year, we got Aaron McCollum, who uh, was studying at Georgia Tech to be an industrial engineer and decided he had a passion for teaching and sort of transferred over to that and has been teaching our honors, our AP pre and our computer science and our engineering, so he's very versatile. And then you got Bree Blankenship who says she always wanted to be a teacher and she's been she's the hardest working person in the department probably the best organized so uh,
0: she's certainly good at organizing all of the many theme dress-up days for you all she really, you really is she'll pretty
1: much lead the school on <laughs> i mean you can re- i mean i know you remember interviewing her she came came across as super quiet and yeah. um but when you see her in action she's just uh exciting and yes loved, and passionate. Somehow, yeah
0: he somehow got the entire math department which uh you know you're, you're kind of math People uh, to dress up as Scooby Doo characters and we're spot on. Yeah,
1: and then this year it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> yeah. and now it's just an expectation every year that we're going to do it. Yeah, you stuck so. out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I watched you change real quick one morning. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I got to get in, gotta get in character. <laughs> it's not one of my favorite things
1: to do, but I'll, whatever I can do for Brie, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the kids love it, and you know, it's part of what makes the math department relatable. Right, uh, yeah. a little bit of that.
1: And then we have uh, Drew. Uh, Besson, who's new this year, uh, who's teaching our Algebra one and our college prep, Algebra two and coaching wrestling, and uh, finding his way here. Yeah. Doing great.
0: Good, good, good. Uh, So math is a department that people come into with a range of preconceptions. Um, And you have heard it all. We always do. You know, I'm no good at math. Uh, Math is too hard. Or sometimes that's all they want to do. So, you know, everyone has their own idea about math. So help straighten us out a little bit. You know, what does it mean to learn math at Darlington? We've talked some uh, about um, the math department's philosophy and their sort of approach. And trying to get it down to some simple terms to convey. Like, what is it, what's the difference? Um, so help us out with that a little bit. What is that, what is that math way at Darlington? Uh,
1: you know, in, in, a, in a simple context and in an ideal world, it doesn't always unfold this way, but I think philosophically we would like students to collaboratively, collaboratively sort of discover the new concepts that we're trying to, or discover something about them and wrestle with it on their own and then the teacher come in you know, after that learning process and formalize things. As opposed to the teacher you know, telling them how to do it and then practicing two or three problems and then the students doing two or three problems exactly the same way. We want it to be more of an immersive environment where they experience math.
0: Yeah, this, this is in line with the, this general Darlington lesson approach. You know, discover, apply, and That's then funny. take a moment to reflect and maybe circle back and uh, reinforce what we're doing um, but it's, it's it's different it's it's not just sitting in class you know watching someone doing all the formulas on the board for an hour maybe some of that going on certainly modeling and that kind of thing but to really wrestle with a problem to figure out what a problem is not know how to solve it and, um, discover the solution maybe along the way mm-hmm. formalize it later I mean that's kind of the idea right yeah, right and
1: the, the hope is that if they actually discover and you know learn some of those for themselves, and those skills will stick with them uh, to be applied elsewhere
0: yeah, and they might actually remember it <laughs> right exactly
1: yeah I mean just this morning in b c calculus, Chad Woods was teaching a lesson on improper integrals, which probably to most of our listeners doesn't mean much um, but they went through several problems where they're trying to decide when you know you could find an answer and when maybe the answer didn't exist and j. r. Johnson, who was experiencing that for the first time, was having some some outstanding thoughts that um, not that I don't expect him to always have outstanding things, but like he was really performing well, but those things that he discovered and shared with the class, I think will stick with him for a long time, yeah.
0: Um, now uh, a math program here is a math program we have a science program um, stem has become uh, a very popular conversation topic across all of education um, we're not a stem school or, or a steam school or whatever you may want to think about it, but we do have a lot of sort of initiatives and, and energy in that direction so tell us a little bit about how how that kind of works here? How does math interact with science or technology? You, the E is engineering. Uh, we have a little bit of that going on.
1: Yeah, we do. We do. Well, I mean, I think first of all, I have a lot of love and respect for the science department. Like Owen Kinney's a first-class leader and teacher. And you know, just last Sunday we had a Christmas party at one of the science um, teachers' houses. Uh, and so we like to do things together. And we do collaborate on a lot of things, like Barbara, Cookoff, and I. Uh, she teaches the calculus-based physics, and mm-hmm. so we're always sharing ideas. Or she'll get stumped by a problem, and I'll try to help her. Sometimes I can't help her, and sometimes I can. You know, it's, but we like to we enjoy to work together. And then there's a lot of classes where we don't really know which department they f- fill in. Like sometimes. <laughs> The science department had the lead on them and, and now we may be teaching them but yeah the defy category <laughs>
0: robotics and um, engineering you engineering, even my class computer science it's just like man, it's not a neat fit of course that's okay because we collaborate so well that's right
1: yeah. yeah I mean a lot of times math classes have been taught in the science building and because our class rooms are a little smaller so I think we work really well together um, You know, Kurt Lutweiler's worked with some of the biology classes to try to bring his statistics knowledge into their uh, program. So we try to do that as much as possible informally, even though, you know, we don't have a formal uh, charter to be together.
0: Gotcha. So now, just in general, kind of as we kind of wrap up this part of it, um, what are your hopes for a math student at Darlington? Like, what are you really (coughs) trying to achieve? i say you and the Royal U, the department, uh, and and Darlington in general.
1: I did, um, well, I want the students to have a meaningful experience that that they didn't dread, but that they can then go on to apply some of the concepts, you know, in a real world context. Uh, a couple examples that come to mind. Uh, Chris Aberhart was telling us about his his fourth grade son who had been studying fractions in school, and he was doing something in the kitchen, and he said, you know, Dad, I think a half is too much but I think a quarter would be too little. So what do you think if I use a third on this? And, and it was just really good reasoning, using some skills that he had been working in the class. And I, I remember last year about this time, right, right after Christmas break, uh, one of Matt Enderley's pre-Cal Finance students came back excited to, to tell him that uh, he, I can't remember if it's he or she, but the student had gone home and helped uh, his, his or her grandmother um, automate the inventory of their store using Excel, uh, which was a skill that they learned in pre-cal finance. And the grandmother was just floored at how much easier it was now that it was automated, <laughs> and the kid was happy to apply it to something you know super useful. So it's, it's just fun when you see those applications. Yeah. One other that comes to mind is that I have a student from last year who first semester really struggled. Uh, and I think she would be the first to admit it that she was a memorizer, and we don't like to teach that, because it just doesn't last that long. And so over the course of the year, we tried to get her to you know, see the big picture. And, she, and by the end of the year, she, she was doing that. And she ended up passing the AP test at the end of the year. But this year, she's now in college and just got asked by her teacher to be a, a TA or instructor for next year. And so she's killing it in college. It's just all clicked for her. So when you, see, when you hear those sort of stories, that's what, that's what we want to happen.
0: Yeah, that's great well I think that's a that's important um, I think our masters really engaged see a lot of people taking a lot of math classes science classes uh, for those students who are interested in it there's a lot of options a lot of opportunities uh, you got some pretty higher high level classes you can take even as an independent study right variable right, yeah. calculus yeah
1: we've added a, several things to the post calculus uh, things we, so we have several students that will do uh, dual enrollment with Georgia Tech and they have a uh, Linear algebra course. Uh, that's very challenging. Some will with our partnership with One Schoolhouse, we're able to offer a multivariable calculus, yeah. and then I offer uh, sort of an in-house linear algebra uh, course as well. So those are three of the most common uh, advanced options.
0: Yeah, that's great. Great. Uh, well, as we close out this part, uh, anything else to talk about on the math side? Um, any or any future uh, opportunities you're looking for?
1: Well, I think, uh, I mean, I, as I look to the future, I think the opportunity for us is, the next frontier is data science. So uh, that's on my radar of thinking about how might we incorporate that into our curriculum some way. Um, no, but I think as a department, we try to cater to the student and the individual student. And I, I think we have enough of a variety where we can interest them in some aspect of, of math.
0: Yeah, well, um, you've, you've done a lot helping us with the, with the curriculum. Um, you, you brought in some new curriculum for us, particularly the upper-level students or the upper-grade students. Um, we, just, we put in a, a new curriculum down in the lower grades um, that you helped out a lot with. Uh, and I know we're still looking at ways to connect the, the middle. So uh, just a nice way to just say we're still working. It's always uh, always working, right? Yeah. Um, always getting better. Uh, yeah, so thanks for sharing all that. Now, um, just, just start, as we start to close up here, let's. Talk about some other things. Uh, everybody at Darlington wears lots of hats. You uh, you fall right in that category as well. Um, so you, you coach. Uh, tell us a little bit about your coaching.
1: Uh, I'm the girls um, head coach, soccer. And then I'm the only one on the, you know faculty on the boys side as well, but I have an outstanding community coach that, uh, Lucas Levesque, that does a lot with the boys. Um, but technically I'm the head coach of the boys as well. Uh, have duty in Moser House. Yeah, um, great place to spend time with Doug Hamill <laughs> and uh, I run gauntlet. Yeah, I was about to say it's <laughs> getting to be
0: rough this time. I just got asked uh, the other day to participate in gauntlet. and My first thought was, well,
1: what's uh, Mister Short <laughs> designing
0: this year? Because I about killed me last year. <laughs> <at all.
1: laughs> no, it's a, I. You know, as a hobby, I coach CrossFit at at, a, at Unity Christian School and. So do, you know, putting Gauntlet together is fun for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> you know, um,
1: Chad Woods got, got tagged to do Gauntlet this year. So he'll be oh, out there.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I'll be happy to join the Cooper girls again. Um, after a few years of running with the Moser house, boys, they're, uh, they're very uh, competitive. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> so uh, that's great. Um, so, um, you, we talked a little bit about your background that maybe not everybody heard about. Um, anything else that might surprise us or that maybe people don't know about Al Shorey that might be interesting uh, to share? Anything that might surprise us to learn about you?
1: Not, not many surprises. I grew up on a chicken farm <laughs> in I, Maine. I didn't know this. <laughs> in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where I grew up. I grew up in Maine on a chicken farm, and then uh, those cold chickens. <laughs> we we got we went out of business about my junior year because the the farms down here in Georgia were able to outproduce and ship chickens into the Boston market cheaper. And, um, that, that's where that was my formative years of working in the barn with my dad. <laughs> um, I I, th- I think there's a lot to how that develops you know your work ethic and growing up up on a farm I think teaches you a lot of life lessons that you don't appreciate at the time but later in life you know where they came from.
0: Well, I think if our listeners are paying attention, you know they're hearing about uh, well that you yes, asked your time on the chicken farm, uh, your, your military experience, coming to school, learning a lot. You never coach you hadn't coached soccer before this, right? No, and tossed in no. there and learn how to do it, but. Um, the, I think the thing I want to close on is just your contributions to the community and your own, from your own personal interest in, in um, this one word that we say, uh, you say a good bit around here, which is resiliency. Uh, so you've been, you've been a real leader at Darlington in helping us think about resiliency. Um, you put together a, a nice faculty grant for us. Maybe got in, maybe got in a little more than you expected on that one when you brought Doctor Kenneth Ginsberg to, to campus, um, and it was a really a, a landmark moment yeah. for us. Uh, and thinking about resiliency, and maybe um, maybe um, sort of displacing the myth of that resiliency just means just being tough and sucking it up, which is not what it means. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so yeah give us give us the last thoughts on on resiliency, uh, especially knowing that they're you know parents and students and that might be listening um, what's resiliency mean to you and for Darrington? yeah, you know, one of
1: the things I always tell the my calculus students and my soccer players is um you get better at going through tough times by going through tough times, and you know Dr. Ginsburg agreed with that he said you shouldn't seek out you know you shouldn't seek to be miserable just so you get good at it but The more you experience those sorts of things, the better you get at dealing with it. And so, when uh, you know students get you know a grade that they didn't want, or uh, you know we go to play a game in just terrible conditions, you you just dig in and do the best you can. And if it doesn't turn out the way you you like, you you recalibrate and attack it again. And you know the next time you're probably going to be better at it. that's uh, that's what we try to learn
0: yeah you know you you I would say a lot of our teachers have a reputation for having high expectations for our students right Um, and resiliency though is not just about being tough on a student you know being mean let's say to a student it actually is the opposite Um, it's having high expectations and then supporting and caring for them through that right and then expecting them to come through for you, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so I think you do a great job setting that example, um, not only for our students but our faculty. Um, and I just I'll close on that because I just you know it's a department head episode, and I think you're uh, you're a great department head for a lot of reasons, and I think that's a big part of it. Um, so appreciate that. We didn't get get to talk about everything. We only have about a half hour here. Um, there's plenty more we could talk about. Maybe. Uh, if the listeners want to l- hear more about that flashback, I don't know what episode number it was, but you can search in your favorite podcast app app for that episode with uh, with Dr. Ginsberg and yourself uh, that we recorded. Uh, that, it was a good one. It you. To hear more about that. Um, so, uh, thank you for your time today. Um, it's been great uh, letting you share about your work and getting, hope everybody got to know a little bit more about. Al Shorey, uh, appreciate all your hard work again uh, on behalf of the school, um, and thanks for making Darlington better. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us today, and stay tuned for more episodes highlighting our department heads. We're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org podcast, and if you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at DarlingtonSchool.org.
1: The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication and advancement teams, and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.DarlingtonSchool.org slash podcast.